I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts, and this is the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast. In this podcast, we speak with producers, engineers, DJs, and industry figureheads about their Fantasy Forever studio. The studio that our guests describe will be one that they have to live with forever. But in Fantasy Foreverland, we have some rules. Totally reasonable and non-arbitrary rules. Yes. So what are these rules? Well, our guests can select a computer, a DAW, and an audio interface. Those are the freebies. Then they have the complex challenge of choosing just six other bits of studio kit, plus one non-studio related luxury item. But Chris, there is one more rule, isn't there? Yep, and it's very important. No bundles! That's the one. (laughs) No bundles. Choosing a package of separate software or hardware as a single item is not permitted. That's right. Today we have Lewis Jankel, better known as Shift Key. Lewis has been signed since he was 19, but his 2014 single Touch was his breakthrough moment. His style spans garage, house, R&B influences, and has seen him produce and remix names such as Stormzy, Jess Glynn, Becky Hill, and MJ Cole. Indeed, and he's a talented keys player as well, so this could be a very synth-heavy outing. Synth-heavy, I like it. I'm looking forward to it. This is My Forever Studio with Shift Key. Welcome. Hi, how's it going? Very good. Very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm just hoping that the mic is recording all right from this angle. Should be fine. Yeah, you've got, you've got a proper treated studio there, haven't you? So uh, it should be a nice desk. It's, it's, it's not fully soundproofed, but it's, it yeah, does the job. But it's a, a de- yeah. it's a quiet environment, yeah. so you should be good. Um, right, well, the first thing we talk about on the My Forever Studio podcast is we think about the location of where you would put your dream studio, your fantasy forever studio. Where would it be in the world? Uh, and tell us why. Where are you right now, actually? Where are you? Yeah, where are you right now? I'm in Kensal Rise, and I'm, I'm in uh, like a purpose-built room in the garden, which was actually here when I got the house. So Bonus. when I when, I, when nice. I rented the house, I should say it's yeah, um, yeah. Where would I put the studio? I would, I would like to preferably preferably be somewhere like in the countryside. Okay, in the UK, do you think? Or? Yeah, 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 I think in the UK. I mean. Ibiza would have been the first choice, but clubs just don't really exist. So, um. oh well, this is the Fantasy Forever Studio, though. So, I mean, if Ibiza is the choice, long time. I mean, we've had Ibiza studios before. We've yeah, had bo- I mean, we've had boats. We've had the Millennium Falcon. There's no limit to <laughs> this fantasy. So, uh. um, yeah, I would say if if it's completely fantasy, then yeah, I would go with Ibiza overlooking the the sea somewhere and do you think you'd get anything done though that's that's the that's the caveat of having a studio in ibiza or berlin or a party (laughs) town isn't it yeah i mean ideally i'd get a lot done so (laughs) um (laughs) well this is fantasy land so anything's possible right yeah um yeah i'd say i'd say ibiza but in the current climate i would say somewhere in the countryside in the uk with a nice view Okay. Um, so views are important. You want natural light, windows. I think so. Like just here I've got I can sort of look into the garden and onto the house and stuff. It's it's quite nice. It's it, yeah, it helps just when and I'm what working. about your what about your vibe inside? I mean, I guess do you work in you must work in commercial studios occasionally as well, having yeah. big pop pop records. I mean yeah. any particular studios that you've worked in where you really um, like the style and the vibe and the you know the 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 the, the ambience of the place because that can that can really change a place like there's a lot of studios that can feel like you're in an office sure um i've worked a lot from psalm studios um both the old building and the new building um 
I mean, that's quite contradictory to what I was saying about a nice countryside view. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've 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 always loved those those spots. I mean, you've got Labrick Grove and Portobello Road like right on your doorstep, and having that sort of culture, you know, that easily accessible is always always a bonus and just helps with the creative flow. I think. Yeah. So even if you were in Ibiza, you'd want some kind of sort of. Ibiza market outside or kind of well I mean this is if we're going completely fantasy I'd like it yeah I'd like there to be like a view the view would be the main point I've, yeah. I haven't I haven't had access to that yet okay. um actually there was one studio I worked out in Ibiza that was kind of what I'm talking about um, okay is that private or that was a privately you... owned one yeah um I can't remember who owned it but um that was when I was working with Tiny Okay. On on girls like and a bunch of other stuff that we did out there, um, and they'd actually kind of converted like a cave into one of the other rooms, which sounds fairly chaotic, but it was it actually it worked pretty well. Um, nice, pretty great reverb, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was quite a small cave, um, and that was fully soundproofed. So unfortunately, more of a yeah. grotto, really, is it? Yeah, yeah. I don't I can't really imagine Tiny Temper in a cave, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay so and and what's the interior like it's that like kind of um because there's loads of different styles of studios especially with that the, the edm culture that came in like 10 years ago with the whole spaceship yeah. kind of vibe which is kind of popular what's your kind of go-to yeah i would i would have very futuristic panels everywhere yes like i wouldn't necessarily go as steve aoki you know his kind of white fully white studio i wouldn't go that far um I'd want it quite dark and like I've got these kind of light strips everywhere. You can't really see them because there's, there's a skylight and it kind of cancels it out, but some sort of mood lighting and yeah. For those late night Ibiza sessions. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. think uh, who else is, is it Roger Sanchez has a, all of his like rack, all of his like um, furniture and racks are all like clear perspex. So that looks kind of cool. Oh, wow. Okay. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I remember a long, I think it was Roger Sanchez. Yeah. Um, very cool layout. Now, the first things we get are the first three free items. So everybody gets a computer, a DAW, and an audio interface of their choice for free. So tell us about your computer choice. Have you always been... Are you, what, what are you going to choose as your computer for your Fantasy Forever studio? Well, I'm always Mac. Um, okay. I've always been on a Mac. Um, I like my iMac a lot, actually. I think I would keep that. But you go, you go for the turbocharged best ever. Yeah, it's iMac Pro 64 gig. Um, I can tell you the spec, actually. It is, yeah, 64 gig, 3 gigahertz. Um, so have you already got that super-duper, ridiculously expensive Mac now? I did go pretty pretty hard with it, yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I, I was, well, I was using the, the MacBook previously, and that was, like, I'd used that for mm. maybe six or seven years, and then that, that just eventually... I don't know if you're familiar with the Ableton buffering mm -hmm. crunch sound yeah. that happens. Yeah. So I was having that a lot during sessions and stuff, and it became pretty unprofessional. So I decided to upgrade to something a bit more substantial. So, I mean, is, is have you got the top one you can get, or is there still headroom for your fantasy studio? Uh, I don't think it's quite the top one. I, I think you can get like 128 gig okay. RAM, um, and it's only two terabyte hard drive so 
it's not like insane, but it was it was a fair chunk. Yeah, nice. So we'll we'll boost that to full spec for you for the fantasy forever sheet. Yeah, we yeah, we yeah, go yeah, full yeah. spec full spec for the fantasy for sure. Yeah, excellent. One hundred twenty eight gigs of RAM. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess for music production, you can't even use utilize the full capacity can you unless you've got like unless you're using giant orchestral string libraries maybe yeah where you want to load everything the whole orchestra into your ram <laughs> yeah if you're if you're hans zimmer then yeah yeah that's <laughs> yeah. probably why they did it the one like, oh, hans, hans. Yeah. oh no hans is on pc isn't he he's on pc oh yeah he's, he's cubase on pc yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah good um and what about your DAW? Are you going to stick with ableton yeah i will stick with ableton have you always been on ableton i was i was on logic from sort of the very very early days i mean i've kind of been doing this over 10 years now so it was like 2009 started using logic um i used logic up until like 2014 did you do touch and stuff on on logic yeah i made touch on logic but then i made i know on ableton and better off without you on ableton Mm. and um yeah the tiny stuff and everything else that i've so do you ever touch logic now at all do you ever go back there not really no if if it's like if it's up in a session and everyone else is using it then i, I can use it and i you know i'm capable on it but yeah i would stick with ableton 10 or well now they've got 11 but it's still a beta yeah so but we'll we'll go for 11 we'll go for 11 it's uh yeah why not yeah Okay, and audio interface, fantasy audio interface. What are you using now and what would you use in your dreams? So I'm currently using the Apollo 8, I believe. We need we need a new rule on this podcast about Apollos. It's every single... Person has an Apollo. Every single person has one now. They're, they're, they're doing, the, I mean, they're yeah. doing a sterling job. They're, they're fantastic things, but it's the most boring question on this podcast now is the audio interface because everybody just goes, yeah, <laughs> Apollo. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's, there's Antelope make this crazy like i've seen it in the metropolis rooms um so there's the antelope goliath generation three that's that's around five thousand (laughs) pounds yes Um, there we go so yeah i like the way you're just hitting it hard we have a lot of people that argue for keeping it like oh no i'm fine with just a like you know just this the one i've got already it's like well i am i am fine i am fine with my apollo and also i use a lot of uad plugins so I would then have to get a separate. Yeah, and every plugin is a separate um, item on this mm. show. So, oh well, okay. <laughs> so maybe that's why a lot of people do stick with the UA because you get the plugins that come. Yeah, with... I mean, also I haven't actually used the Antelope yet, so it might be not as good as I think it is. But they have ones that you know go up to seven seven grand or. I mean, you know, well, let's it's... let's park let's park park that and the UA side <laughs> by side, and then let's go through your other items and see if uh, if you're. You feel like you're desperately missing your the standard UAs. Ultimately, I'd stick with the Apollo. I like the Apollo. It works. It, it does everything I need it to do. And which one do you have right now? The the eight. Apollo Eight. Um, yeah. So we can go up to the sixteen pre one or whatever yeah, it is. Will yeah. Why not? Do you want to go to the X Eight P with all of the preamps on it? Oh. Or do you want to? I think that. What do you want to do? That might be the one I have. I'm not exactly sure. Um, oh okay. Oh well, you can just stick then. That's fine. But, um, Stick or remember switch. It's, it is forever, so you know, no pressure. Moving on, let's do item number one of your six Forever Studio items. Right. Um, I guess I would have to go with probably the mic that I'm using now, the Neumann U87. Okay. Mm. Popular choice again. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, if we're going like all the money in the world, probably like the Sony C800 or something. Ooh, oh, there we go. That's good. That's a good nice. choice. That's, um, yeah, yeah, it's nice to mix it up as well. Actually, yeah. Why not? Let's go. Let's go with that. Is that the one with the big radiator on the back? The yeah, Michael Jackson. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when when did you first use that and discover that? Was that working in major studios or? I've 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 used that in some, um, mm. maybe once or twice. I haven't actually. It haven't. I haven't used it, and it ended up being, you know, released. Um, but I've just, I just think it's probably the best sounding mic I've ever heard. You know, it just has this unbelievably crisp top end, and everything about it is just blow away. Um, but very non-functional for you know everyday use. Um, for that reason, I probably would actually stick with the Neumann. Uh, but yeah. it's just yeah, in 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 a fancy world. Is the Sony is the Sony like a because the Neumanns are pretty versatile as well. You can stick them in front of a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's not just a vo- is the Sony predominantly a vocal mic. I mean, it's definitely just a vocal mic for sure. Yeah, right, okay, mm-hmm. that makes a massive difference, doesn't it? But it, they're just super cool because there's only like I think there's only fifty of them in the world or something. Oh really? There's like a very yeah a very small amount oh. of them. I thought they were still in production, but oh, they actually yeah, I think they might be. Oh, my bad. Knowing us audio guys though. It's probably the 50 that you're talking about. It's probably there's somebody that's gone, yeah, but only the ones from 1982 to 1983 to the month of August are the good ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've got a special a special transistor or... Because they had that with the C414s, didn't they? There was like an era where they had a, mm. a copper or yeah, a Yeah, I used, I used to have one of those, actually. Oh, really? Nice. Um, one of the vintage yeah, ones. I don't know what happened to it. I think, it, well, I actually borrowed it from my dad and... It it's now belongs back to him. So. <laughs> that seems fair to be, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. That seems fair. <laughs> but I did I did record the vocals for Touch on a four one four. Oh really? Yeah, okay. yeah. Did you have to? Did you have to like eat tone it out and EQ it out because they're quite they're quite a sizzly mic or they can be. Yeah, I found there was a lot of like high mid frequency resonance, like because it's it's quite a breathy vocal on that record as well, and it kind of it's got a lot of energy, so. I mean, that's just me breathing heavily and <laughs> doing falsetto stuff. So, for the for the choice of this thing, I would definitely stick with the Neumann. It's it's you can kind of throw anything at it. I mean, I've had a couple break on me. I had when we when we did the sessions for Better Off Without You with Becky. She was she just has this un just very ex- extreme belt and she actually she ripped mm. the diaphragm on two of the noises that i have Whoa. um over over a period of time sorry becky if you're listening well she probably won't listen yeah becky's not gonna get much work now <laughs> <laughs> i think she'll be all right or everybody's everybody's gonna be setting her up in the studio like can you just stand a little bit <laughs> yeah a little bit further away a little bit further away. i mean she was even i mean yeah she was even like here and it but she's just got such a loud voice that it just that's incredible yeah, wow. <clears throat> but even even with that said, it's it's just the diaphragm that that needs replacing, which costs like eighty eighty pounds or something, and then and then it okay. works again fine. Um, just invoice her, or yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm actually, I've just realised I'm still using. I rented a pop shield from FX Rentals, and I'm still using it. <laughs> I don't think they they haven't asked for it back, so. Or, but, or you're getting invoiced like you've been renting a pop shield for like nine years. No, like, yeah. This pop, this this pop shield costs, you know, it's like it's like nine grand now, this pop shield. It's just so much money, but it's just the one I like. Yeah, they've just completely forgotten about it, for yeah. sure. Nice. Um, so, yeah, we're going with the Neumann U87. And yeah. can we, uh, are we going for a specific uh, era of Neumann U87? Because they've been around for a little while now. 
Are you going to go for one of the brand new ones? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say specifically the the vintage ones are the are the one. But I I just have a brand new one, um, and that does me fine. So item number two. Item number two. I just I just want to put out a little reminder that we don't have any speakers or headphones yet. So oh, okay. We can't hear anything yet. <laughs> just just putting it out there. I mean. If if you want to go, if you want to go the silent studio, that's cool. But. I would go with the crazy PMCs. They're basically the ones that are like twenty five grand each. They're like, yeah, yeah, we go. That's the fantasy forever studio that we're talking the, about. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good, he's got it. And I'd have I'd have five of them, obviously, in surround no, sound. Oh, well, can you buy five as a? We d- don't forget, there's no bundles. You get you get a stereo pair. Oh, is that get- is that not allowed? <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Um. I'm just trying to find the exact one. So the the MB3A is the active, and the MB2 is the the passive. Well, I'd go active. I've got to go active. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you'd lose another item on your amp. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> We're cruel <Okay>. here. <laughs> that is savage. <laughs> okay. So lock those PMCs in the active ones. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. So are you are you working in surround? Well, I've just there was a mastering session that I was part of in Metropolis and. I mean, they use them in every room there, but there there was one particular one that I was in on, and it was they were mastering the prod the prodigy, like, and it was a live concert they were mastering, mm. and you could hear like visually, you know, you could you could li- you could physically reach out and point at the person screaming in the crowd, like you could hear every single position of, <laughs> oh man, it's, they're they're just the best sounding speakers, and you they just instantly reveal anything. They might be too revealing for producing i've never produced on them it's only been when i've gone to mastering stage and listen back to stuff on them and instantly i'm like ah oh, the kit could have done with this less or a bit more of this but or... you've got forever to learn learn them so yeah, yeah. i mean i i use focal sm9s which are perfect for me um yeah the low end is is great and popular actually everything about the speakers is, is perfect i i really I wouldn't necessarily change them, but seeing as we're going super fantasy, I'd do the I'd do the PMCs. What was what would you say? Um, you know, when like touch blew up and 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 yeah. things started happening. What were what were the the first big studio purchases you made? Like, what was the biggest upgrade you initially made or wanted to do when you when you started? You know, when you started getting properly paid for what you did. Yeah, I mean, I made that song on Fostex PM2s, which are like really not that incredible but they they did the job um and then when i started getting paid i bought the sm9s are probably the first thing that i bought um what else like i got a 1176 1073 mm. combo um the 1176s is currently not working so i need to get that re- repaired but um well we have uh, fantasy forever maintenance department actually yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Forever Studio Maintenance guy. He comes oh, okay, with the studio, cool. so don't worry. If you do choose any any vintage or particularly unreliable items, we will. <laughs> I think that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the PMCs were, good, we're doing active, aren't we? So we don't have to worry yeah, about that. Um, well, that's... So was that... That was that was an immediate upgrade. So when you had... You had the Fostexes. Yeah. So what... What Were you on the Apollo then as well? I think I was on the Apollo... Or, no, no. I was... That was an Apogee duet. Okay. Yeah. So a proper like home studio setup. So yeah. pretty, it's pretty inspirational for anybody listening. It's like you can have like you know a chart breaking record with 
some what I mean, the Fostex is a what they were like yeah quid under, literally under like two hundred and eighty yeah. quid. What's really interesting about that, and what's both incredibly inspirational and incredibly depressing for me, is the fact that I had that exact same setup and haven't had any hits. <laughs> <laughs> What, with, with the Apogee as well? I had the Apogee Duet, and I had the PM1s, not the PM2s. Right, okay. But, um, well, that's where you went wrong, Will. That's why you didn't have the hit. <laughs> yeah, I had the wrong it's speakers. That, it's, yeah. nothing, it's nothing to do with talent, Will. It's just that you had the wrong number of speaker. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Chris. The Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast is supported by Evo by Audience, the fantastic Evo Start recording bundle, and the Evo 4 and Evo 8 interfaces. Yes, if you're a beginner, you can enter the world of audio recording with the Evo Start recording bundle professional, powerful, and versatile solution for home recording from studio-grade audio brand, Audient. This comprises the Evo 4 audio interface, the remarkably robust SR1 large diaphragm condenser mic with shock mount, and a set of the Audient Evo SR2000 monitoring headphones. That's right, featuring loopback and smart gain, the new Evo bundle and compact interfaces make sure you can achieve studio-quality recordings from the start. Smart gain means you don't have to worry about setting input levels, making it ideal for music makers who want to spend time creating, not engineering. And Loopback lets you record everything you hear through the interface, making it a great fit for home recording rigs, podcasters, streamers, and content creators. Evo Start Recording Bundle is suggested to retail at £199, €220, and $249 in the USA. Discover Evo online at evo.audio. Okay, so what, what's that? We're on uh, item number... Three. We're up to three. three. Item number okay. three. What, what's going in now? So, yeah, now I'll start getting some keyboards involved. I, I, I would go with the Voyager because you just can't go wrong with it, really. Um, yeah? Yeah, it's just... The mini Moog Voyager, is it? Yeah, Moog Voyager. Uh, or, and how or long Moog. have you been playing keys? Have you been playing keys all your life? Is it kind of from school? Yeah, probably since like four or five years old. Um I also played, well, I, I play a little bit of guitar, a little bit of drums. I played bass very, like, heavily borderline professionally. I was in a band with two friends that are also doing music now in quite a professional way. Todd Oliver Fishman um, plays guitar right. for Quabs um, and is now doing his own stuff. Um, oh, he, he's also played for, like, Mahalia or and... Uh, trying to think who else he's, he's played for a bunch of people um and then another guy Lyndon J who's like uh produced for Joji uh Eric the Architect he's like very cool he's done he's done a lot with Sinead Harnett he's like very R&B and yeah we had a little three-piece band um and I, I would play bass I was 13 we were playing were you still interested in electronic music then or were you... yeah that was kind of when when the electronic interest kind of started they basically went off to music college and i just started doing my own thing on my own um writing singing and producing kind of as one thing mm. anyway back to the question I, I would pick the voyager that was one of the the first sort of things i bought after i started getting paid um it's just got probably the best most robust sub sound out of out of any keyboard that I've heard, I tried a lot of different keyboards, um, and I, I could have gone for like the thirty seven or you know the the little fatty or the sub fatty or something. But well, right now though, I think I think this is a good opportunity for me to try and upsell your dreams. <laughs> up, up, upsell your dreams. Uh, the, you don't fancy the Moog the Moog one, the big one, ten grand. Oh, what the the mm. huge? Yeah, or or you could go memory yeah. Moog. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. You, you've got a Voyager. This is the Fantasy Forever studio. Do you, do you want to go? This is true. I mean, that, the Moog, Moog 1 is, that's a proper dream synth, right? Yeah. I mean, I keep forgetting this is fantasy. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you keep just listing the stuff in your room, man. I know. Yeah. Sorry. This, yeah. But I, I kind of like the stuff that I have. You know, I wouldn't. I, yeah. Yeah. No, we have this a lot. I mean, people, there's a reason why people have the gear they have. It's not an accident. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's go Moog 1. Why not? <laughs> Let's, let's, yeah. let's upgrade. We've upsold successfully. Yeah. That's what we want. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, have you actually tried the Moog one? Have you, have I haven't. laid a finger on it? I haven't, no. no. Have you? Have I mean, you it's good. It's, no. Uh, no, I have at a trade show. I've, I've had a little go. You've had a little go as well, Will, haven't you? I have, yeah. Interestingly, has um, it's divided opinion. What, as in a lot, oh. a lot of people don't choose to use it? or I'm pretty surprised by it. But, I thought it yeah. sounded amazing. <laughs> oh, no, it, it does sound amazing. It's just, um, yeah. I think some of it is about the fact that you've got so many Moog voices, and so it's just so huge it, it takes over. Um, how, how do you fit it into a mix when you've got right. that much Moog? Um, and this is one of the things that I often wonder about with something like the Voyager or like you know the original, like the Model D, is it, the reason it was so popular is because it just fits into a mix and it just works. Yeah. Is that what you're finding when you're using the Voyager specifically? Yeah. I mean, I've, I very rarely use even all three oscillators. Like really? if I'm doing some kind of Reese detuned, you know, kind of gnarly sound, then yeah, I'll get them involved. But even just the one oscillator just on a, on a sine wave or like a square wave with the cutoff down or, you know, it's just it's very good for just the pure sound. The only one thing is you still do have to tune it quite a bit. Oh, even the Voyager. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. maybe it's because I don't remember having to do that when I first got it. So maybe that needs needs a, a slight repair as well. Oh, you need the Forever <laughs> Studio Tech. <laughs> that's that's a good thing. Yeah. It needs tunes all the time. Well, yeah. it does now. Yeah, uh, that's good. Well, I think I thought I thought a lot of the opinion on the the Moog one as well was obviously it's just it's just an in, insane price, mm. but then it's it's Moog, isn't it's it? An it's an insane like, it's synth. That dream synth kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if we're talking all the money in the world, why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, surely you don't have to use all those voices as well. It's like... No, yeah. but it's like... How how many does it have? You can get the 16 voice. You can... That's the most expensive one. <laughs> you can get an 8 voice or you can get a 16 voice. And I'm I'm bequeathing you the 16th. Okay, good, good. I, I, I saw I saw Lewis's face there. It looked like him imagining 16 <laughs> Voyagers all being played at the same time. And like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you could you could have them at <clears throat> every single octave and then all the fifths in between just on one note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If like yeah. if you're designing the new THX intro sound for cinemas or something, maybe yeah. there you go, <laughs> yeah, and have them all detuned at different rates. And... I like it. I like it. So what, where are we at? What's all that item number five? Are we on now? Uh, number four. At uh, number four. Mm. Still a couple. Still a couple to go. So if we're going, yeah, <clears throat> if we're going crazy fantasy, um, well, let's do the ARP twenty six hundred. Ah, yes. vintage. Yeah, yeah. Or can, can I can I choose an alternative? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you guys seen the the Tonto? Oh my that, god, that Stevie used in in person. Yeah, I have. What it's in person? It's at the um, Canadian. Un- is it a university? No, it's yeah. at the um, the National Music Centre in Calgary, in Canada, and they've got it in this room, and you can you literally can go behind the window and be like a, a proper um, perv with it. Um, so I basically I, I stood in front of this window and breathed all over the window for ages, uh, just trying to pick out what was in it. But um, they they were renovating it, I think they were um, or refurbishing it. It's an insane thing. That's that's 
the best conceivable choice for a forever studio tonto wow yeah Ton- <laughs> has anyone said that before? no that is the no. first time we've had oh a- wow i'm, fresh, I'm surprised yeah. it's a fresh, fresh picks yeah yeah, yeah. It, it would either be the, the Tonto or the... I mean, the Tonto is quite a few levels up from the 2600. <laughs> yeah, um, a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this is... this is You're really getting the, the wheels moving on this fantasy now. I like it. It nice. started off yeah. with just like the stuff that was in your studio. Now we've got <laughs> Tonto. So hang on. So, so first of all, for people who don't know what Tonto is, Lewis, can you explain what it's all about? And Yeah. So I, I believe it was the synth that Stevie used on like Songs in the Key of Life and... Wasn't it? I can't remember which other albums, like Inner Visions. And, Inner Visions, yeah. I think. Yeah. And it's like all of those kind of crazy, like clav synth, like synth clav kind of sounds and the, the basses and all those different sounds. Didn't he you have that and the Yamaha, the, the big G, GSX1 or whatever? They're basically the, the precursor to the CS80 that was sort of just for trade shows only that came, had like yeah. two speakers. Three keyboards. I mean, as, as far as I'm aware, they they built the Tonto for Stevie <laughs> to use <laughs> for, for, right. for songs in the key of life. As far as I'm aware, like I can't remember which label he was on at the. T- it was probably Motown, right? I, I believe that he he'd racked up something like 13 million in cost, and like a lot of that was because they built him uh, yeah. this Tonto as part of the as part of the recording equipment for the <laughs> album. Oh man, I love I love all these these stories of when the record industry had that insane money to, to yeah. co- commission stuff like that i think they, they went up to 21 million cost on that <laughs> on that album um oh. yeah because he, he did i think he did 13 million on the first disc and then he was like no i've got i've got 12 more songs for disc two <laughs> I, remember, I remember hearing about on thriller like for um for the actual track thriller as well them them flying everybody out to audition to like uh, Universal Studios to audition creaky doors, like in the sound effects department, to find the right, the right creaky door, and then oh they flew God. that door back to the studio <laughs> wherever they were recording at Bruce Sweden's place in the middle of nowhere, and just like yeah, insane things like that, like flying doors around because they wanted to record the creaks. That's in amazing. Them. And the, the, the dog howling as well, I think, on uh, on on Thriller is actually Michael doing the howl because they spent really? three days with Bruce Sweden's dog locked in a shed with <laughs> microphones on it, trying with in an area where there was wolves to try and get the dog to mimic the wolves <laughs> that they could hear in the distance because Bruce really wanted his dog on the album. Oh, and then dear. in the end, they couldn't capture it, so they were like, "Oh, Michael, you'll just have to do it." So Michael's doing the wolf howls on the album, <laughs> but yeah, just crazy things like that, like yeah. Oh, yeah. to be I mean, part of those budgets back in the day. I know. I mean, luckily, Songs in the Key of Life like went on to become one of the biggest selling albums of all time, so they definitely recouped But that. is it luck, but... or is it because they spent so much money on it? Hmm, this is the quandary mm. every, everybody has now. It's like, if you well, just I, up, I, the, I, up the budget a bit, maybe we'll have a hit. <laughs> well, I, I genuinely believe that's one of the, the greatest albums of all yeah, time, for sure. for sure. So we'll have Tonto in there. We're going for Tonto, yeah. That's going to be magical playing that, isn't it? On Tonto... Do you know what it stands for, Tonto? I don't. Do you have the Do you have the abbreviation there? I do. It's the original New Tambral Orchestra, and it was the wow. first and still the largest multi-tambral polyphonic analog synthesizer in the world. Wow! And what's interesting about this, I didn't realize this about Tonto when, when I was looking at it a few years back, is that it's actually uh, it started as a Moog three, and then it has four Oberheim SEMs in it two ARP 2600s <laughs> in it 
modules <laughs> from Surge, uh, and then panels from EMS, Roland, Yamaha, and then a whole bunch of other mad stuff as well. And the thing about Tonto as well, obviously, that it, it sort of in, it's in a circle, it's built in a circle, <laughs> it's curved, it? it's yeah. curved, yeah, right. So it looks like you're in some insane time machine, and then it, it curves upwards and around. So it's completely all encompassing. It's nuts. Yeah. If you don't know you, it, Google you, you, it. It's like it's like synth greatest hits. So it's like it's got Oberheim, it's got Roland, yeah. it's got Moog, it's like the Arturia Arturia collection, but in real life, <laughs> in real what? life, built into a single synth. The an, the analog yeah. lab. Yeah, I think you've just come up with the best idea ever, which is the Arturia Tonto. Surely they need to do that, and then the oh, whole thing yes, is that like, would be good. I'd ask for an NFR for that. Yeah, or. The Behringer Tonto, $199. <laughs> but a mini a mini version, so you, you can get in it, but it's like really small, like a like a little doll's house that you get in like with those mi- little mi- micro patch cables and stuff. Everything's yeah. really small, yeah. Korg Volker Tonto. Uh, yeah. Just loads of Volkers, just loads of Volkers in a little igloo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that catching on somehow. Uh, I'm gonna. I think we should email Look Mum No Computer, and he'll build a little a little Volker Korg Korg Volker beats igloo. <laughs> okay, Tonto, Tonto is locked in. So item number five. Um, item number five. Hmm. I was I was hoping I was hoping you had notes then. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a really nice vintage strap. Okay. Yeah, like a, is it like a, like a sixty or I know oh I feel like seventies is the is the one, like seventy two. And you always been a strat guy then, always. Yeah, I mean, again, that's what I've got here, but I don't have a vintage mm. one. I've got a, a newer one. Yeah. You could take one from one of your favorite artists. Ooh. We've had that before. If you want to, if you want to steal somebody's strat, who would you steal? I mean, probably like Eric Clapton or something. Nice. Let's take his strat. Mm. Sorry, yeah. Eric, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. He's probably got loads anyway, hasn't he? Yeah, the vintage ones just have that incredible sound that you just don't really get anymore. Do you find? Do you find you have to do a lot of upkeep on on your current strat and on vintage strats and things like that? I mean, I, I don't know. Aren't they are they more complicated to, to to keep nice strats? Probably. I mean, we've got my there's the imaginary studio tech, right? Yeah, that's true, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. He also he's a guitar tech as well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 of course, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you're going to um, need five guys for Tonto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's still the same guy. He's just very well versed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want all these different people. You just need one yeah. ridiculous expert. Yeah, yeah. Good. Okay. So, are you actually taking Eric Clapton's Blackie Strat? Is that yes. what you're taking? Yeah. Uh, the most. Okay, yeah. his most famous Strat. Yeah, probably yeah. one of the most yeah. expensive guitars in the world. <laughs> He barely plays it anymore, let's be honest. Yeah, it's just collecting dust, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And we're, we're plugging that straight into the amp emulators on Ableton Live, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect signal yeah, chain. The, you know, just the, the built-in amp one with the really yeah, terrible yeah. It's what Eric overdrive. would want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doing proud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Um, I mean, it's serious though. So, I mean, you, I guess you'll be plugging it into. I mean, the UA is the, is the one for this. That's probably why we're going to have to go for that interface because if you can, yeah, want... well, I could go into the UA and then use the modeling on that, the amp modeling on that. <laughs> it's still yeah. 
pretty laughable, I guess. <laughs> when when did you stop? Did, did you start playing guitar at the same time as as piano or and 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 keyboards? I'm definitely nowhere near as good on guitar. Like I, I know like a major chord, a minor chord, a major seventh chord, a minor seventh chord. That's kind of about it. Like on on keys, like you know, I can play anything that I hear, and I've got a very. Uh, I'm way more efficient and I can yeah. write a lot better on keys. So um, how do you I, use the guitar in your in your productions and your songwriting, is it? It's mainly just like one note stuff. Um or definitely worth having Eric Clapton's guitar then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do a lot of sort of like, you know, like tenths. Okay, yeah. Like the root and like the third but an octave up. Mm. I do a lot of that layered with like synths. Um, like if I have a synth pluck sound going on, like I'll, I'll often layer like one of the voices with a guitar pluck. I do that quite often. Take us through a track where the guitar was important on that you've done either recently. So yeah, in 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 Better Off Without You, there's there's like a guitar pluck that's kind of going along with one of the one of the notes from the pluck. Or in Touch, um, the the dude I mentioned before, Todd, played guitar on that. Um, very quiet in the mix, but it is it is still there. And do yeah. you find do you sort of resample the guitar then, or or do you actually do you sort of play it live under those plucks, or do you just just record the kind of and then cut lo- little loops? It's definitely edited a lot. Yeah, it'll be like a four bar loop that's yeah very tightly edited. Yeah, um, but I do often double track it. You know, pan one left, pan one right, and. I guess it just stops stops tracks feeling too in the box. It gives it a kind of a little bit of life, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, there's tracks that I've made where everything's been in the box as well. Um, but it, I think it just helps to add a bit. Yeah, add a bit more life to it, and so it's not just because I think using everything in the box can sound quite cold. I find. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a rhythmical element of it as well. Even if you're heavily editing it, you still have that. It's just texture. That, that adds on to it, yeah. Final item. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, this is when you might want to go back and make some changes. Yeah, what have I got so far? You have a Neumann U87, your PMC MB3A monitors, you have the Moog 1, you have Tonto, and you have... <laughs> You have Eric Clapton's <laughs> Fender Strap Blackie, which, interestingly enough... I don't, I don't even have any leads, do you I? You can have those. Oh, you, no, don't worry about all of that. You uh, get okay, all of that fine. stuff. Leads, furniture, yeah, yeah, we get all fun. that. I would love that your last choice might just be some really nice leads. <laughs> Planet Waves. <laughs> Planet Waves. Eric, all of Eric Clapton's <laughs> yeah. leads. Like a broken, dodgy, like, old lead that doesn't really work anymore. Um, yeah. God, what yeah. am I picking? Jeez, this is it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? I guess it's good that we upsold you on the Voyager. Although, does the Voyager work as a polyphonic MIDI controller? No, so it's good that you've got the one. No. Because you can have no. that as your MIDI controller as well. Yeah. So you've got that as a MIDI controller. Oh. You've got, I mean, you've got Tonto. That's mm. fine. That definitely doesn't do MIDI, though, does it? <laughs> That'll keep yeah. the whole studio warm as well, I expect. <laughs> Let's go Imperial Bursendorfer. Wow. Nice. Nice. And so you're going to go big, big, big ass grand piano, basically. Yeah. Like 12 foot. Okay. And Bursendorfer over Steinway. Oh, if we're going fantasy, it's, it's got to be. 
Don't, I mean, do, Yamaha own Bursendorfer, do they? Yeah, but they, well, obviously, yeah, it's not it's not the same, is it? No. Not the same. I believe the the Imperial Bursendorfer. Oh, uh, can you? Is there possible to bring up the price on that? Yeah, go on, Will. I don't think they list the price. I think it's one of those. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's probably Will. one of those things where if uh, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Oh no, 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 they do. Um, they they are handcrafted in Austria, and for that reason, they retail for between. Uh, two hundred and fifty-six thousand US dollars and five hundred and sixty thousand US, depending on finish design. So obviously we're going with the high-end one. Yeah. Oh, and whether that has the Disclavier um, Inspire computer reproduction system. Oh, you, you want that? Who doesn't want that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Need so that. you'll have that. You're going to go for the fifty-six? No, five hundred and sixty thousand USD. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the finish on that as well to make it that expensive? Is it coming is it like a I think it's actually pink camo. <laughs> pink camo. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Gold. Let's 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 do, yeah. let's do gold, gold plate. Gold plate. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet that sounds amazing. <laughs> it's a bit clangy, but it's fine. <laughs> ging, ging, uh, yeah, and ging, everything gold yeah. plated. Not not even black and white keys, everything gold. No. Tonto's gold plated as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. move this studio from Ibiza to Dubai. It's going to be perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was all gold plated. Nice. Okay. So before we go get onto the uh, luxury item, which is a non studio, well, non bit of kit, but something else that you would like in the studio as your luxury item, let's do the full rundown, Will. So picture the scene. Let's see how this sounds. We are in Ibiza, in a beautiful, futuristic, but dark studio overlooking the sea, with natural light pouring through the windows. Your computer is an iMac Pro with 128 (laughs) gigabytes of RAM for some reason. Your interface is a universal audio Apollo X8P. Your DAW is Ableton Live 11 Suite. And you've chosen in your studio interestingly to go for the neumann u87 you're recording this very podcast on you're listening back on pmc mb3a monitors you've chosen a moog <laughs> 1 16 voice for your big polyphonic synth parts for your even bigger polyphonic synth parts you've chosen the largest synthesizer on the planet tonto from the uh, from the national music center in calgary which is probably the best synth choice we've had on the show actually um then for guitars, you have stolen Eric Clapton's Blackie Fender Strat. <laughs> but you. interestingly, you're going to have to steal this from Guitar Center because they bought it um, a few years back. And then finally, to round things off, you have a gold-plated Imperial Bursendorfer with the Disclavier option clocking in over $500,000. How's that going to work? Amazing, yeah. I think, didn't, didn't we go, with, well, I did go with this C800, I think. Oh, you went with the C eight hundred. Well, I, if yeah, because we, we we were upselling upselling up to the. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're gonna go for that. Upsell. Upsell go. up your dream. Okay. <laughs> I love upsell. that. Upsell. Will. I just wanted to hear it again. Upsell your dream. <laughs> yes. Yes. Successfully upsold. Okay. So finally, we're talking about a luxury item. Is there anything that you would have in your studio? Um, that is is not gear related, but you you love to have or you wish you could have like a hundred and twenty eight foot waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> Just constantly making noise in the background. 
And and this is going to be inside the studio. Yes. <laughs> in in the control room. Okay. Just talk us through this. I, I don't even know where to start. Talk us through this. Why? So it will just well, it will just be constantly making a lot of noise. Okay. You know that will just add to the ambience of everything. So like a, a really, constant studio tinnitus. Yeah, in a really inconvenient <laughs> sort of way. Yeah. 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 Keep it away from Tonto, maybe, just because of all the splashing and the water. Mm. Or we can have it going over Tonto. <laughs> Oh, so oh. you have to walk under the waterfall to get into Tonto. That's actually badass. I like that idea. And it'll just be getting water everywhere. <laughs> but people don't know. People don't know that you have Tonto and they're like, just walk through the waterfall. And everybody's like, what? I'm not going to walk through the waterfall. And they go, walk through it seriously. And they walk through and they're like, ah. yeah. yeah, 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 I like it. Yeah. A luxury item is a 128 foot waterfall covering Tonto. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, this uh, this studio. I mean, when when you were listing the items, well, mm. you could you could feel it ramping up the dreams as it's gone. <laughs> Starting with, oh, I'll just have the same interface that I have now to 128 foot waterfall <laughs> covering the world's most expensive, rarest, yeah. biggest synth. It yeah. was but, as I started to realise the potential of the upsell, <laughs> then then I took advantage. Well, there we yeah. go. Well, that takes us to the end of the My Forever Studio podcast. Um, what's going on for you now? I mean, I mean, we're in a pandemic, so it's a bit... I mean, we're shut down, but you managed to still record, write, and release? So I have a single coming out in around... Actually, yeah, around this time that the podcast should be out, which, yeah, the single is featuring Tinashe. Um, she's obviously an, a complete star. Um, mm-hmm. Got a few other singles coming out, a uh, bunch of productions for different artists, and... Yeah, just hoping to get some touring in place at some point in the in the dreams yeah. of dreams, <laughs> dreamland. Oh, sorry, sorry to make you talk about it. It's horrible, isn't it? Like, uh, we just want to be able to do live music and see gigs and yeah, go out. And we there just and, can't, yeah. can we? No, no, it's uh, it's brutal. Well, yeah, on a slightly downer note, but we'll bring it back up. Thank you so much for um, for coming on the on the podcast. It was loads of fun, and uh, thanks for having a, a bit of a laugh with yeah, us as well. Yeah, um, no, it was it was it was brilliant. I had a lot of fun. Lovely. Well, right. thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Shift Key. Thanks again to Shift Key for taking the time to navigate our nonsensical rules and build his forever studio. Yes, a one hundred and twenty eight foot waterfall bombastic remember if you're a fan of the my forever studio podcast make sure you subscribe using your favorite podcasting app and maybe even drop us a five-star rating yes we read every review and if you want to contact us or get your suggestions in for guests do email us at editors at musictech.net and next week we're joined by the dj producer and label owner kevin mckay or you may know him as Kevin McKay if you listen to certain Radio 1 DJs in the UK. Um, yeah, Kevin McKay, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, we're going to be talking Dream Studio gear and unveiling the stories behind Milo's classic electronic album, Destroy Rock and Roll, which Kevin helped bring into the world. Yeah, and due to the power of social media, we know that Kevin is a fan of the podcast, so uh, we've got our first fan, Will. Confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening and catch you next time for more adventures into Studio Foreverdom. Bye-bye. <laughs>